Mission Mobilization Chats with Ryan Shaw, Multiplying Mission Mobilization Movements. This podcast is powered by Global Mission Mobilization Initiative. Subscribe, watch, and listen on YouTube today. Find more exciting resources, teachings, and tools for mission mobilization on globalmmi.net. All right, so we're excited about this fourth episode of our new Mission Mobilization Chats podcast. And in this podcast, we're looking at cutting-edge content related to mission and mission mobilization in our denominations, churches, organizations, local ministries. What are core issues that we need to consider related to mission mobilization uh, in our ministries? That's what the Mission Mobilization Chats uh, are all about. So in our last episode... We consider the importance in mobilization of helping churches and believers to mature from having kind of a primary outlook about me and my life to beginning to see their redemption, the very reason that Jesus has redeemed them. Part of that reason is to be practically engaged in roles in fulfilling the Great Commission. So our redemption, part of it actually is for the purpose of engaging in the Great Commission. Now, we don't hear that very often in our ministry circles, but this is a foundational concept that the Lord wants to kind of revive in His church, and the Lord wants to enable His people to walk in. So we looked at that uh, in some detail in our last episode. Now, in this fourth episode, we want to spend time considering the end goal of mission mobilization. So it's been said that the best way to develop any plan is to start with the end in mind and then work backwards. So if we want to develop a plan for evangelism, a plan for ministry, a plan for an organization, whatever the plan might be, you want to start with looking at the end and then you start to work backwards to develop how are we going to get to that end. So we want to do that this morning in this session. We want to say, what is the end goal of mission? What's the end goal of mobilizing the global church? What are we looking at? So, you know, today we're living in extraordinary days. Uh, I, I get so excited when I think of the generation that the Lord has allowed us to live in. Yes, there's difficulties. Yes, there's challenges, but it's a glorious generation in terms of the purpose of God. We are getting to see things in our day today that people from uh, 100 years ago, 500 years ago, they prayed for what we're seeing today, actually. So it's an exciting, exciting day that we're living in. And it's going to get even more exciting in the coming years. So between now and the second coming of Jesus, every person on the planet who's alive will have the gospel lived out before them in word and deed, in personal relationships with true believers. Every single person on the face of the planet will have that experience. That is part of where history is moving. Many entire cities and even parts of cities will be born again. Whole sections of our cities will be born again. Did you know that? That's where the Lord is leading history. Where do we get that from? Well, the Lord did it in Scripture. You remember what happened to the city of Nineveh in the book of Jonah, where the whole city of Nineveh, it says, turned to the Lord. And that is meant to be a biblical 
case study of what is available uh, today, even in the new covenant in 2020, this kind of same happening as what the Lord did in Nineveh, that kind of occurrence is available to us today. So the great harvest among all people groups just prior to Jesus' return, this will be more powerful, a more powerful outpouring of the Holy Spirit than we've ever seen before in history. Now what I love is that Jesus confirms all this. He highlights these truths when he gives us his prophecy, a glorious forward-looking prophecy in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. He says this, now catch this as a prophecy. This is Jesus as prophet looking down through kind of the, throughout the course of history, looking down through the centuries at what the end goal will be. Matthew 24, verse 14, it says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. So in this one single verse, we find Jesus linking the timing of his return with the gospel being experienced in power among every single ethnic people group on the earth. So this verse also correlates with the vision that Jesus gave to the Apostle John in the book of Revelation. Uh, when in Revelation 7-9, we see, or John saw, and he wrote down for us, John saw the throne of God. And around the throne of God, he saw a vision of all the peoples. Let's read that, Revelation 7-9. It says this, After these things I looked, this is John speaking, And behold, a great multitude which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And they were clothed with white robes and palm branches were in their hands. So we see a great multitude. Now we need to ask, who is this great multitude that John saw? Well, it's all those that were brought into the kingdom representing every single, uh, sing, single ethnic family on the earth. So this great multitude that John sees is actually the result of the mission movement. So John is seeing before the throne of God. So he's seeing a picture of after Jesus returns. He's being given a vision of an event after Jesus returns, after the fulfillment of the Great Commission. So we know that this vision that he's seeing, this picture of this great multitude around the throne, they are the result of the mission movement taking place through the whole body of Christ. So the whole body of Christ is engaged in the mission movement, and what John saw in Revelation 7-9 is the result of that. Every ethnic people group uh, represented, and a great multitude uh, around the throne. So this is the culmination of God's promise even to Abraham. So God gave a promise, you remember, to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. God told Abraham, Abraham, in you, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. All the families of the earth. That means all the ethnic people groups. That's what Jesus prophesied in Matthew 24, 14. This gospel will be preached as a witness to all the ethnic people groups. Same promise as was made to Abraham. Same vision that John saw, the result of this great 
multitude surrounding the throne made up of every single ethnic people group. Now, an important thing to highlight is that this is not a small group that John saw in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. The Bible highlights, and I love how the Word of God, every word in the Bible is in the Bible on purpose. Okay, so every word we need to take notice of. Every word we need to ask the Lord for understanding, for revelation, to teach us about every word. Because it says uh, in Revelation 7, 9, John says, I saw a great multitude that no one could number. That's in there on purpose. Okay, so it wasn't a small group. That's the point. It's an uncountable multitude that's there before God's throne representing all. The ethnic people group. So I believe this reveals to the body of Christ that large numbers, mass numbers even, representing every single people group is the result of the mission movement. Not just a few. Sometimes we think, oh, those unreached people groups, they're uh, steeped in Islam. They're steeped in Hinduism. How will they ever come to Christ? Maybe just a few, a handful will come. I believe, and I think the, the Bible um, kind of confirms this over and over and over, no, it's not just a small little group. It's a large, uncountable number, even of every single ethnic people group. So whatever uh, unreached group you've been praying for, trust God, not just a few, but large numbers coming into the kingdom from that group. Another passage that we see this idea in is Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. And an angel comes with a vision to Daniel in Daniel chapter 12. And he tells Daniel, those who turn many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. So the angel is giving Daniel here a vision of believers, message bearers, uh, those in the body of Christ that have the privilege of turning many to righteousness. He says, you're going to shine like the stars. That's us. But the word I want us to highlight here that's often overlooked in this passage is the angel told Daniel, many will turn to righteousness. Not just a few. Many will turn to righteousness. And that's actually the emphasis in this uh, passage. So many are going to turn to righteousness from every single ethnic people group before the second coming of Jesus happens. This is the great goal of the mission movement and of mission mobilization. So Matthew chapter 24, verse 14, coming back to this verse that Jesus highlights to us, this very important verse, this signals what we're calling the fulfillment of the Great Commission. And this is in direct connection to Jesus' last command that he gave the body of Christ before he ascended to the right hand of the Father. We all know this. This is called the Great Commission, right? So Matthew 24, 14 refers the fulfillment of that great commission. So yes, Jesus gave us the great commission passage, but then this prophesies, and all these verses that I just mentioned, and many others in uh, the, the Word of God as well, reveal the fulfillment of that great commission. So verse 14 then, Matthew chapter 24, verse 14, is our goal as the body of Christ. This is what we can call the finish line of the global church. Did you know this is the primary purpose of why the church exists? You know, if we ask pastors and leaders and denominational heads, why does the church exist? We will get many different answers. But the Word of God reveals 
Theology reveals that the purpose of the church of Christ, the purpose of our existence, is the fulfillment of the Great Commission, is this great finish line. So this is also not just the finish line or the, uh, or the end goal of the church in our mission mobilization, but it's actually the focal point of history. History is moving towards this fulfillment of the Great Commission, and Jesus says, when that happens, I will come back. My second coming will take place. And the Bible, when we look at eschatology, the study of the end times, the Bible is very clear in this uh, laid out progression. So this fulfillment of the Great Commission, this is the ultimate way that the global church partners with God so that Jesus is worshipped in all the earth, so that Jesus is obeyed in all the earth, so that Jesus is exalted and adored among all peoples. Now, before verse 14, sometimes we like to jump into verse 14, but in order to do that, we need to also understand the beginning of what's happening in chapter Matthew chapter 24. So earlier in this chapter, Jesus' disciples, they ask him, what's it going to be like near the end of this age? They ask him, what's it going to be like? What's the world going to be like? What are characteristics that are happening near to your second coming is what the disciples are asking. So Jesus, uh, in Matthew 24, he reveals a time period full of challenge, full of difficulties. There's going to be great deception, he says. There will be increased military and economic wars, more form, uh, famines, more diseases, more earthquakes. Now, all of these have happened all throughout history, but the Lord in, in chapter 24, Jesus very clearly teaches us in this epistle, and uh, it's one of Jesus' famous, famous discourses. Okay? It's called the Olivet Discourse in theological uh, circles. So all these events, these difficulties and challenges that will be happening, these have happened all throughout history, but Jesus clarifies. In the generation of the fulfillment of the Great Commission, these events, these difficulties, these challenges, the persecutions, all these things, they are going to dramatically increase. So in Matthew 24, Jesus promises his church, us, he says, hardship will be normal. Okay, We've got to settle that in our hearts. Hardship, difficulty, even widespread persecution, even martyrdom, widespread martyrdom will be increasing and will be the norm. Okay, so Jesus gives this somber outlook, this somber prophecy, you can say. But then in the midst of this, we find this glorious beam of light, verse 14, Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. So he says, in the midst of the difficulty, simultaneous actually to the difficulty, I am going to be releasing the power of my Holy Spirit in an unprecedented way so that the gospel will be going forth among all the ethnic people groups with such power that large numbers will come into the kingdom, just like John saw in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. So the Lord is highlighting, it's not all about just difficulty coming. In the midst of the difficulty, so we have to get the context right. In the midst of difficulty, the Lord promises simultaneously an outpouring of glorious light. So we can say, yes, an increase of darkness is happening throughout history and increasing as we come near the end. But simultaneous to that increasing darkness is a glorious light that is going forth with power to reach all 
of the people groups uh, as we get closer to the end. So yes, it's a time of struggle, but it's also time of glory and spiritual power that is outweighing anything that we've ever seen in the past in terms of a move of God, a move of the Holy Spirit, an outpouring of revival, an outpouring of spiritual awakening. The Lord says, yes, challenges are going to mount, and those challenges will actually be used by the hand of God to bring about this fulfillment of the Great Commission. Because crises and challenges, as human beings face these things, especially unbelievers, their hearts start to get open to the purposes of God. They start asking questions, eternal questions that they've never asked before. Or they start to realize, this religion I'm following of Islam, of Buddhism, of Hinduism, these things aren't bringing peace to my heart in the midst of the chaos. This can't be right. And so their hearts are searching for truth like never before. And so the Lord uses the growing chaos, the growing challenges to actually open up the hearts of the unreached peoples uh, to his own purposes. So during this time frame or during this kind of season of the fulfillment of the Great Commission that we will look forward to, the Holy Spirit is going to be revealing the uniqueness of Jesus, the glory of Jesus, the splendor of Jesus, the attractiveness of Jesus. Did you know that Jesus is so attractive? Sometimes we as the church, we're a little bit guilty, right? We love Jesus, but we don't sometimes know how to make him attractive to the unreached. But the Holy Spirit will be doing that in us and through us, uh, moving us towards this fulfillment of, the, glo uh, uh, of the, the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Sorry. So he uses us, the global church, as his primary vessel to reveal the beauty, the attractiveness, the glory, the splendor, the uniqueness uh, of Jesus. So this gospel of the kingdom will cut to the heart, penetrating the core. Jesus said, Matthew 24, 14 there, this gospel of the kingdom will go forth. So we need to understand a little bit about that gospel of the kingdom. We'll talk about that in further episodes uh, of these mission mobilization chats. But the gospel will go forth in power. It'll cut to the core. It'll penetrate whole clusters of people and bring about people movements. Not just individual people now coming to faith in Jesus, but whole family lines, relative lines, whole office buildings, workplaces will come to Jesus together. We call these people movements to Christ. Not just individuals saying, I want to follow Jesus, but whole groups of people, clusters of people that begin to say, I want to walk uh, together with, with Jesus. Now, the book of Joel talks a little bit about this as well, this end goal of mission, this end goal of mission mobilization. He refers to an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that is way beyond, actually, what was experienced at Pentecost. So we have a glorious outpouring of the Spirit at Pentecost that Peter actually says, this is what Joel referred to, but it was only a partial fulfillment. There was a much larger ongoing fulfillment of the prophecy in the book of Joel related to outpourings of the Holy Spirit, that yes, Pentecost was the prototype, Pentecost was the partial fulfillment, but we continue to say, Lord, pour out your Spirit 
in this generation, in my church, in my city, in my nation. And we continue to ask God to pour out his spirit. So the book of Joel reveals uh, this. And he talks about an outpouring that will go way beyond, actually, the book of Acts. So the book of Acts was a glorious outpouring of the Holy Spirit, right? We have the, the history of the early church. Well, what will happen at the end of the age, before Jesus comes back, as a fulfillment of this great commission, in order to bring in all the ethnic tribes, a glorious multitude of uh, uh, representing each ethnic people group, in order to see that happen, the Lord will release such power, such an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and we're starting to see signs of that even today. That's why I said at the beginning, we're living in extraordinary days today, <clears throat> days, that are, days that are unprecedented, that our forefathers looked to, and they said, we are praying for a day like that. So Joel chapter 2 then gives God's plan of empowering his people so that his salvation is realized among all the people groups. So God has done this. He has provided through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, through the sending of the Holy Spirit, through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He has provided every spiritual resources necessary in order for us, the body of Christ, to accomplish, to fulfill this great commission. Now, the reason this is important is because sometimes in mission, sometimes in mobilization, we rely on our own human abilities. We rely on our own human strengths, even our creativity to accomplish the purpose of God. But the Lord says, no, my purpose in the nations, my purpose among all the ethnic people groups, my purpose to accomplish Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 that we talked about, is only available or will only be workable, we could say, through us receiving the divine empowering, the divine resources that he has made available. It's such a big purpose. It's such a big vision. We cannot accomplish it in our own strength. So the Lord says, I've given you power through the new covenant. And we know that Paul talked about the power of the new covenant being so much greater than the old covenant under Moses. He said there was great power uh, in the old covenant through Moses. Right? So much so that the people couldn't even look on the face of Moses because his face shone with the glory of God. That's a lot of power. But Paul says the new covenant authority is so much beyond uh, the old covenant paradigm. And so we need to trust God to fill our churches, to empower us with the Holy Spirit. The, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit promised in Joel chapter 2 so that the church becomes empowered to walk in his same authority. That's part of where we are going. That's the end goal of this fulfillment of the Great Commission. Now, a word that Jesus used in Matthew 24, 14, kind of this core prophecy that we started with, uh, that this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the earth, among all the peoples, and then the end will come. Most of our Bibles include the word nations. Okay? And then the nations will hear this message, okay? This, this message will go forth to all the nations. Most of our Bibles translate it like that. But actually, the word that Jesus used is a little bit different. Most of us are probably familiar. The, the word in the original language is better translated ethnic people. So he's saying all the ethnic peoples will hear, and then the end will come. We call this a people group mentality, a people group paradigm. All that means is a people group perspective. God actually sees people as part of people groups. Yes, he knows us as individuals, of course, 
But the worldview of Scripture is that God sees the world as part of groups. And those groups share culture, they share language, they share customs. And so God sees people as groups, ethnic people groups. And these people groups, they make up our societies. They give us meaning to our lives through the relationships that we share, that people with people that share our customs, share our tradition, share our language, share our culture. Okay? So what this means is the gospel of the kingdom that Jesus highlighted first in Matthew 24, 14, it always spreads fastest primarily along lines of community, lines of trust. It primarily moves fastest through these people group lines. And Jesus knows this. That's why he, he, he gave us Matthew 24, 14. And he says, I want you to preach the gospel of the kingdom along relational lines, along people group lines, because they will best respond. They will be most receptive to the gospel message when it's presented along the cultural uh, lines that they are most used to. So this is an important piece of the direction or of the prophecy that Jesus gives us in Matthew 24, 14. We have to go about it his way. And his way is, I see the world as people groups, and I want every single one of those reached with power and a culturally relevant message communicated. So we cannot just preach that means. I can't. I'm an American. So I can't just preach the gospel in my American way when I cross a culture and I'm preaching to my Muslim friends or I'm communicating the gospel uh, to my Hindu friends. So just in closing here, we could say that the purpose of history itself, again, in this session, in this episode, we're looking at the end goal. We want to keep the end goal in mind. So we could say that the purpose of history itself is the outworking of the kingdom of God among all the ethnic people groups. This is the end goal of the global church that is living obediently to Jesus' uh, great commission, that final command that he gave us before he ascended to the right hand of the Father. It wasn't just a tack on. He gave it last because it's meant to carry the most authority. The last command before he, uh, he ascended to the right hand of the Father was, Go therefore into all the people groups and make disciples of all the nations. This is the end uh, goal. So Jesus reveals in Matthew 24, 14, that the fulfillment of the Great Commission, again, it happens in the midst of challenges. We have to get that. Okay, so though the global body of Christ is going through challenge, we partner with God to see this fulfillment of the Great Commission, this great end goal. So we could say this, that mission mobilization exists because this end goal vision that we've been talking about, this end goal vision is not talked about very much in the global body of Christ today. We talk a little bit about missions, we talk a little bit about the Great Commission, but we aren't clear on what that really looks like, on what the end goal really looks like. We're not, we don't have a picture in mind, even though Jesus and the New Testament, and even the Old Testament, gives us a clear picture of what that actual fulfillment, of what the end goal actually looks, on, looks like, that vision is not clear in the hearts of most people. That's why mission mobilization exists. We want to give them a big, we want to give the whole global body of Christ a clear picture, first, of the command of Jesus, 
to do the Great Commission. That's our mandate, yes, for the body of Christ between his first coming and his second coming. But then we also want to give a picture of what that fulfillment means so that we can have the end goal in mind and work backwards and say, okay, where are we now? How close are we getting to all those ethnic peoples having this opportunity to respond? To all those ethnic peoples having an uncountable multitude like John saw in Revelation chapter 7, how close are we to seeing that happen? That is part of why your role in mission mobilization exists. That is part of why the global church is called to this purpose of mission mobilization. This is the glorious calling of mission mobilization, to help churches and believers to align and become activated in partnering with this chief end goal in the heart of God of the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Amen? Let's go ahead and uh, close with just a time of prayer. I want to invite you just to close your eyes, wherever you are listening or watching this podcast, and I want you to invite the Lord, before I pray, I want you just to invite the Lord in your own heart to expand this vision of the end goal. Take it away from being fuzzy. Right now, for most believers, it's fuzzy. That means it's unclear. We want Jesus and we want the Holy Spirit because we know it's the will of God and we know the Bible is filled with this picture. We want the Lord to give us a clear image, a clear revelation of that end goal. Just talk to the Lord right now about that. Ask the Lord to uh, increase your ability to see that end goal picture. Just take a moment. Father, I thank you that you are increasing this vision in the global church of what the church's finish line looks like. Lord, give us clarity on this from your word. Give us clarity on this by your Holy Spirit. Increase our vision, especially, especially those, Lord, that are involved in mission mobilization. Lord, that we would be more clear about what we are of the end goal that we are calling the church to participate with you, Lord Jesus, in this fulfillment of the Great Commission. Lord, help us with this. We confess, Lord, we see dimly. Lord, we don't see very clearly, but we're asking for more understanding. We're asking you, Holy Spirit, the great teacher, that you would come and give us more revelation on this very important goal, mobilizing with the end goal in mind. Lord, we ask for this. Empower your people, empower the mission mobilization movement, Lord, to have this vision clear, this end goal clear in our hearts and in our minds so that we can articulate it to many believers, to many churches, to many ministries. Lord, we thank you for this. We receive by your power, Holy Spirit, more of this understanding so we can mobilize for mission uh, in a stronger, more effective way. We thank you for that, Holy Spirit. We bless your name today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. We thank you for participating in this episode number four of the Mission Mobilization Chats. May the Lord bless you. To listen to more Mission Mobilization Chats, subscribe on YouTube or go to globalmmi.net.